When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> ah, I love that I post that on Instagram stories and no one can hear music. It's just us dancing oh, to an no. intro over headphones. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, well, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, everybody. Yay. Uh, It's the show where we talk about personal paranormal histories with amazing guests and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Uh, Bryce Johnson. And your trusty producer. Riley Bray. Hi, boys. Hey, man. Hi. How's it going? Great. Awesome. We had a big uh, big night out last night. Yeah. We beast. went to the premiere of Jeremy Corbell's uh, 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 Bob Lazar Flying Saucers in Area 51. Out on the town. Yeah. I love awesome. going out on the town with you guys. Yeah. What a wild success that was for him. Um, and congratulations to Jeremy Corbell, former uh, past uh, guest and hopefully uh, Hopefully, future guests. I think he did a, a what, what a big success that was for him. A Dude, sold out show, sold out the Ace Theater. Dude, man. that place was packed full of people. It was Lines jammed. around the block, pop, popping my peas. Yeah. It was so packed. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see George Knapp up on stage. And that was cool. Bob Lazar came out of obscurity to talk for this film and yeah. talk in public. He's got a lot of social anxiety. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Killer red kicks. Probably though. good reason. Yeah. yeah, he had some nice, uh, nice converse. Uh, nice Chuck converse. Taylor. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time there, and we uh, we were reporting all about that. It'll be up on the Patreon. We'll do a little special report from the premiere of that movie, where we get into a little bit more about the movie and our opinions of it. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it was a fun night. I like yeah. hanging out with you and a boys. fascination, a fascinating discussion. I thought that we just had. So check out our Patreon because we have some uh, varying. Um, I'm no longer a believer. That's all I'll say in any of this stuff. I've gone full scully. <laughs> well, and, it's about time. And then wait till you get to my high strangeness today. I'm doubling down. <laughs> I, I have no right claiming to be a skeptic after about uh, uh, after the shit I'm about to pull in this episode. It's insane. I love your flip flopping on skepticism. You're like I'm a skeptic now, and you're like there's an alien in this mirror. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, man. But I can. I look. You guys can see the alien in the mirror you guys can see it right, right i yeah. am showing some evidence yeah. i have no proof i also fully admit i might be crazy all right i'm not uh, claiming to be right about anything listen, i just man. like the stories fine food steam ghost it's real <laughs> oh by the way i just i do want to follow up yeah. Susie gardner specifically said to me and to adela levine the food was not hot and it's not steam there you so go. I'm, the the, the controversy is alive. This is over on the. Solved. This is a, fo- a series of photos I took. Um, I'm I'm about to introduce our guest. Uh, it's it's up. We we covered it on the Patreon a little bit last week on the show, but uh, 
I caught a glimpse of maybe an alien in a mirror at Thanksgiving and some and a ghost. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're they're tumbling around in the same washer machine. Yeah, uh, I know it's true. All right, let's bring in our guest. Uh, she uh, is a good friend of mine, an actress of stage and screen. You've seen her in films like Fruitvale Station, The Help, Jobs. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Anna O'Reilly yeah. to the show. Hello. Hi, oh, thanks hi. for coming to the shit. Excited. Wow. Um, you wait. So, how did you? We were talking about. Oh, I think I told you about this. We were at a birthday party. Yeah, we were at Maggie's birthday. But party. Maggie's birthday. Maggie's yeah. been on the show since then. And then I think you listened to the Adela Levine episode, yes. right? and you were like, "What's happening?" I was like, "I need to meet her immediately." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally right. And I haven't yet, but I loved that second episode. Really hoping to stumble upon her at the Mystic Journey bookstore totally. someday. Well, I told, or attend. I know. You're out of town, uh, right? Yes. Did we talk about this? Yes. We're doing another gallery Devastated. reading. Have you ever been to a psychic or a medium or anything like that? I've uh, I've talked to psychics. Yeah. I've never been to a medium. Right. And, and I, I can't say that that's something that's I'm definitely interested in. Mm-hmm. But listening to her, I'm just so right. curious to be in a room with her. And, it is fascinating, isn't it? You're kind of yeah. like, you, I've, I've felt this often. I was like, I, I want to get a one-on-one and just get into some real shit. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> do too. I mean, she, you know, she and she and I have texted, uh, hi Adela, if you're listening, she and I text over Instagram and stuff back and forth. Obviously, I was in touch with her about this whole alien <laughs> Well, yeah, you needed her to weigh in. That makes yeah. sense. But I basically, now I'm just like, am I crazy? Because if, <laughs> yes. if the medium says you're nuts, then you know right. that yeah. you're she a yeah. rebel. <laughs> totally. There are people I've known that do like astrology therapist she's like your medium therapist right oh wait a minute is this uh can you name drop this person i think i've i don't think i can name drop not because i i just don't remember who it was but i feel like the other day someone was like yeah when i first moved to la i had an astrologer or therapist and i was like what is her name heidi rose no but i Uh, i know heidi rose elizabeth lame has referred has recommended heidi rose if i didn't know she was a therapist i I know her. i don't think she's okay i take it i don't think she's a therapist but she does do don't listen honest taking off her jacket and pretending (laughs) like she's she's gonna ruin the podcast if we hear (laughs) the leather um uh scraping against the couch um uh, oh, I forget her last name. Anyway, Heidi she's, Rose Robbins. Yes. yes. And she's uh, an astrologer. Yeah, she's she, awesome. She does charts. I hear she's yeah, amazing. She's amazing. I, I need to go see her. I really want to go yeah. see her. Yeah, you should. Have you ever she's got... good vibes. She's like a kind, nice person. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Have you, so you've gotten your chart done. Oh, many times. And what, what, what can you tell us a little bit about what um, your chart says about you and what you found to be true or not true about it? Oh, that's, you know, well, it's like a lot of these things that I'm interested in that you guys talk about. I never go fully down the rabbit hole. Like I'll dip my toe in and I like to do it and then I'll repeat it. But I don't, I, I don't speak the language of astrology right, right. deeply. I can tell I you. I certainly don't. Yeah. It's interesting every time. And it's always fun to have a different interpretation of what it's saying about you. But um have you ever? Oh, I was going to say, I know, I know what you mean. I think I was on Instagram or something, but uh, this, you know how they have those little quotes. But uh, And I was also reading or listening to somebody who was saying astrology is making a big kind of comeback, you know, where it was, it, yeah. it's kind of uh, on the rise again. But there is something too about, I mean, you know, numbers don't lie. And when you're when you're born on a specific date and the, the stars are in a specific time and place at that time, there's 
I think there's a reading that you could pull from that, you yeah. know? Um, there was a great book I read. Uh, I, I, sexual Dan, Astrology? Sexual Astrology. <laughs> uh, no, but it was a guy by, uh, uh, by Dan Millman. He wrote Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I'm not sure you're familiar mm. with that book, but mm-hmm. he wrote a book called um, The Life You Were Born to Live. And it had, and it had, you had to like calculate your, you would enter your birth date and then you would like do some quick little math or something and it would lead you to, uh, you know, like, you know, there was a chart to where you could go to like read about Middle yourself. management. <laughs> right. <laughs> sort of oh, n- numeral astrology. Great. But I, I found it so profound and yeah. insightful as like, I was like, there's got to be something to this. I mean, because, you know, anybody can like, you know, if you read like a Sunday astrology thing, like anybody can kind of like, hey, that's me, you yeah. know, and you could do it for whether you're Scorpio or Aries, you know, you could just, you read any old reading and find something that's true for you. But this was so like detailed and like, it had like negative qualities of your, uh, of, of your, you know, to watch out for and positive aspects. And I found it to be very true. Yeah. I um, love all that. I mean, added to the mystery. There's so much that goes into a chart reading, um, but I think that the thing that can be harmful is if you start to, if you see someone that's maybe not so good or you don't connect with, that they can, um, I don't know, implant limiting beliefs about yourself. And then oh, that's yeah. not good. Because right. then you're like, oh, no, I'm don't not Don't ever gonna... go to Tahiti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like, why? I've always wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, know I love that. Stuff. Yeah, there's like that whole like there. there is a branch to all of this. It's a little huckster where people are like, no, the only way to fix this is if you come back and see me again and yeah. that kind of stuff. I mm, think yeah. you can kind of... Well, not like even just that, but also like if, if someone sort of tells you this is how you are and then they keep reinforcing that over and over again, you're like, oh, I'm a I'm a very introspective person. And they, someone keeps telling you that, then you start, mm-hmm. you just believe it because you've told yourself right. so many times. Yeah. That, I think that can be a danger. So you never had, uh, you've never had a thing where you you went in and you were like, she said this and it came true. Uh, I had, I spoke to an astrologer once who was a, who's a more, I think, Eastern astrologer, and that was more predictive. And he, he gave me certain dates, and this was a few years ago of like, just transformational dates where things were really going to change. And here's a high point, here's a low point. And they were so dead on with transitions mm. my life was making. And he wasn't saying specific things, but he was giving specific time frames of dates. That's wild. And I feel like my life did kind of, when I looked back, I was like, whoa, that's when I picked up and moved and oh, wow. started this great job. And then this is when it ended. And I, you know, so that was fun. But I, I haven't talked to him again because there's also something I'm like, well, it's cool to know that, but it didn't change how I... Right. approached that month or something. Right. What we're learning about your personal paranormal <laughs> history is that you're a very practical person. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you were like, but I didn't go back to him because he kept calling me. And <laughs> oh my God, no. Asking me out. But he would say things like, don't go swimming on this day. Oh, wow. Or like, don't. He never said anything like that to me, but to one of my sisters, he's like, you should never ride a bike. <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't oh, really wow. want to yeah. hear that stuff. I, I don't Has think. She ridden a, has she rode a bike since? I don't know. I don't know. He's like, don't swim a half an hour after you eat. (laughs) I sense danger. (laughs) And cramps. (laughs) He's like the the Doctor Strange of wives' tales. (laughs) I I went to the Crystal Palace in, uh, I think that's the name of it, in Sedona, Arizona. This has been about 10 years ago. And I just come off like a really great year of work where I'd like work 10 months straight, which is 
a crazy amount for an actor and I'd like filmed a movie in Morocco and I'd been doing a TV series in Vancouver and I was like in New York for a couple months and uh, I was just like, man, I'm on a roll. And I was like coming back to LA for pilot season and I stopped in Sedona and I got my chart read and I was just like, meep, meep, meep. this is going to be a great year. <laughs> <laughs> and then she looked at my chart and she's like, huh, um, yeah, you're like, uh, your career's about to slow down. Oh my <laughs> and God. I was like, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm she's a like, She's like, yeah, it's going to be a while until you feel like you're oh no. where you oh need to be. She's like, and she kind of like looked a little concerned and I felt like she was t- holding back some stuff that she didn't <laughs> want to tell me. And I was like, come on, I'm on fire. And I went back to LA and I did not book a job wow. for like a year and a half. Uh, it was, I, I went from like, it was like that really weird lesson, you know? And she was like, totally right. And she was like, it's going to, she was like, it's going to be years before you're like where you want to be. And wow. I'm like, that's why I think it's important to go to people that are referred by friends and that have a good, generous, and kind approach to it. And Heidi Rose Robbins is, she's amazing oh, at yeah. that. Like, she just has a very, She's not out there telling you what is and isn't going to happen, but right, um, right. more I'm, like this is really important for you and how you approach your day and your creativity and your work and your. Fa- she's just—it's more about you and how to. I don't know. Um, I kind of want that straight talk. Like, oof. don't blow smoke. <laughs> like, give, give me the good stuff. <sighs> You're just—you. Oh, it's not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> the next three years, you got to get your shit together. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes, psychic lady. <laughs> psychic lady. Um, so what? growing up, did you ever experience anything beyond talking to psychics? Were you scared of ghosts? Were you into UFOs at all? You said you don't go down the rabbit hole, but were there any ghost stories in your family? Well, I or? think that I, I don't go down the rabbit hole because I grew up in a family that's very open about all this stuff. Oh, like really? My parents met through something called... Uh, a the, cult, the Psychic Friends Network. No, but way. not there. There's like a very famous one that not Donna Summers, but some like '70s disco. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. not that one. There was it's a, a I don't know Bay right. Area. They met at some hot springs through this community of you're psychic kidding. people. Yeah, so my parents are very into all that, and so I just grew up with the, that as normal conversation. So I wasn't like. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. I'm just like, yeah, this It's is. usually the opposite with our guests. Usually they have, I came from a very, uh, you know, strict Catholic upbringing or, yeah. you know, but not not, your, not the case with you. That's, yeah. That's wild. Well, my dad was from a very strict Catholic upbringing, so I think that's what okay. led him to, to rebel. I want to hear more bit. about, wait, what is the psychic community? Psychic Friends Hotwork, the, uh, Network. Psychic Friends Network. This yeah, and like, there was just like a community in the Bay Area. Whoa. Yeah. Where would they meet up? I don't know. I, I got to ask more questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Uh, but I know that the first time my parents met was in a hot springs. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Are you sure it wasn't a nudist colony? Because <laughs> no, it started selling a nudist colony. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Because you're from they, what? The Modesto area? From Palo Alto. Palo Alto. Yeah. Okay. 
are they are so are they like very like kind of like crystal people like are they into like not, aliens and ghosts and all no, that stuff not really in no. fact i think okay. they would be like anytime i've referred to them as hippies i think they're kind of like offended right, right, <laughs> right. um so yeah no you would never meet them and and suspect think this right that's yeah. wild yeah wow yeah, I bet your cool. dad had a big bush back in the 70s just going to the nudist colony. Oh, <laughs> oh dude. Michael Eugene Clayton. <laughs> your middle name is Eugene? No, actually, my dad's middle name is Eugene. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Did you know that? Or no, I had no idea. Psychic Friends wow. Network. Wow. Bam. A new member. Southern California <laughs> chapter. Yeah. I'm sorry I took it out on your dad. I thought he was a safer target. I, You know, I just picture all these, like, 70s. 70s couples running around with their big bushes up That's in wild. the Psychic Friends Network. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides your dad and your mom in the Hot Springs, what, what, Anna, what is your personal paranormal history? Um, so I only have one one time where I, I felt connected to someone that had just passed away. Mm. And maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but I was out of the country. We don't yeah, do that on this show. <laughs> yeah, okay, I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was out of the country, and a family friend had had passed away, and um, I I kind of got lost in this city and decided to just walk into a random church, and um, I I just then remembered like, oh, today's the day they're having her memorial, and. I'll say, you know, I'm not religious, but I felt like going in and just kind of thinking about her. And I thought the the what I thought in my mind was I said to her, you were a light. And just as I said the word light in this dark church, a light came on. Ooh. <laughs> and I decided to read into that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think you absolutely you can. That's cool. That's a synchronicity <laughs> of uh, stellar proportions. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. In a like, moment, ooh. in a church, thinking yeah. of her, having the meditative moment. Yeah. So, but other than that, I think I like always wanted to be having more right. <laughs> ghost interactions. And yeah. and it wasn't long after she passed or? Yeah, she had passed and then like a few days earlier. And then I, yeah. you know, remembered that this was you just know, then the day that they were having the memorial. We have heard before and, and from what I've read, you know, there's like a, there's kind of a small window when, when people pass where they can you know, kind of come back and, and, and visit loved ones or leave mm. signs or messages, you know, um, and it's usually within that first three to it's five like a days, three right? three-day period mm. or yeah. something. I forget what um, um, culture that comes, what Buddhism. I think Brit- yeah. Is it Buddhism? Mm-hmm. Were we talking about this recently? With, yeah. Brittany we Shibashi were. or something, she would say that, right? Oh, yeah, Brittany like was that. talking yeah. about that. But that, that, that three to five-day window and, mm-hmm. you know... Um, yeah, you get weird signs like that. Yeah. You get some time left on Earth to kind of hang out and turn on some lights and yeah. freak some people out. Right. I loved it. I was yeah. Like, Ooh. That's cool. Cool. What's your take? What was your takeaway from that moment? I mean, did that is that something that you found affecting the way you saw the universe after that? Or no, because it kind of fell within my belief system already. It was just I had never had an example of of something so tangible. Sure. I. And so I was just like, oh, yeah. Well, let's that, talk, yeah, 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 let's talk about that. Where, how did you get that belief system? Where does that come from? And what is it? Oh, um, I mean, I think just uh, my upbringing and my, my parents, I guess. And as I grew up, just questioning the way I grew up, like being like, oh, no, this is really, 
I think what I I believe in the afterlife, I believe in reincarnation. I was very mm. excited to hear about though um Adela Levine's reincarnation, uh the way she spoke about it oh, and right. not believing yeah. it. I was like, "Oh wow, that really makes sense to me too." Yeah. Um so yeah. That's cool. It sounds like you did not grow up with the fear of like hell. I or did judgment. not grow up with the fear of hell. Yeah. Um but I I was very aware that that's how I mean I have like a seriously catholic side of my family and mm-hmm. so I was very aware of that fear from them but that's not a belief. Uh, I somehow mm-hmm. convinced myself one Halloween that the devil was going to visit me at midnight. Oh yeah, I love and I story. spent all month long <laughs> right. Oh sleepless. My God. Oh my God. <laughs> Just came up with that story by myself. Thank you, church. Right, right. <laughs> ah, church. So you what so what do you so you believe in reincarnation? Yeah, well, Where, there was what life one... what life were you on? Oh, who knows? Well, what do you, you know? think? Well, so my there was one we kind of had I don't even know if to call her a doctor or a, a healer. Healer. That's what she should be called. But one person that my parents would take us to, um, Growing up, and still I go to her this day. She's in Northern California. She does like, you know, muscle testing where she'll like you lie on the table and then she'll ask your body like, you know, are you, is your pain, is your pain, is your body holding pain from when you were four years old and you, she presses down on your arm and your body says yes or no. And you're, you're there fully conscious and you don't have to say anything. She's just like communicating. But you're hearing this out loud. Oh yeah, hearing this out loud. And she has, she's holding one arm above you, and then she has an assistant holding another arm, and she's pressing down on her assistant's arm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have yeah. you ever seen mm-hmm. this? I've, I did this once. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you're it's talking cool. about. Yeah, it's very interesting. But so she, what she does is you go in with like a physical, and she was a biochemist, and um, you go in with maybe a physical ailment and then she talks to your body and then she'll ask like is this something that happened when you were three or four and is this a past life okay and Mm. then i don't know how she goes down her like how she gets to where she arrives but i remember the first session i remember her having or i remember having she said something of i had (laughs) i was having um like problems with my eyes like really dry eyes and she ended up thinking or talking to my body and I was a soldier in the French Revolution and something with gunpowder in my eyes and then no she way. asks your body like what do you what what do you what supplements do you need and then she holds the the wine yeah. I need more wine <laughs> cheese yeah Baguettes. that's always the answer that was a, that was a beautiful representation of French culture <laughs> terrible listen I'm a quarter French I can, oui, oui. I can kid oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fascinating wild. wait yeah. so you've done this riley uh i actually did it just the the latter part you're talking about with the supplements i did it with an acupuncturist for allergies and she would just hold the different things up and do the the arm pressure test and and um it turns out i was i'm allergic to wheat dairy and coffee which is like i just love pizza and coffee so i haven't really taken <laughs> heat like, yeah. this advice uh, in I any reject way shape your or form. <laughs> i don't know I, i'm so confused with the uh the, the the assistance role is in this the one that she's also touching did your person have an assistant Mine didn't she would just hold Touch like a body. vial of the different thing over me and then test my arm strength as uh-huh. she tried the different things above me yeah, this lady, and the reason why my parents or my mom started sending us to her was that my mom was allergic to wheat, and this oh. woman cured her of that. 
Anyways, the assistant is is on one side of you and then she's on the other and they're both touching you and then their arms are above you. And I guess that the the theory, I don't their know. Their arms are touching never above asked. you. Hand yeah. Hand. Okay, okay. And then she presses down on the assistant's arm. Oh. And I guess he's like a conduit of you. Cool. But I've Whoa, never, asked, you know, I I just like <clears throat> go. Just rolling I'm with just it. rolling. With I feel it. like you know, I feel this like, is like <laughs> yeah, your cool, version French. of a cat scan. You're like, I don't know how it sure, works. This is technology. I feel like it always comes down to uh, supplements too. <laughs> like, and at the end, they're like, they wheel open some like door. <laughs> My own personal supplements. <laughs> you know, it's like, we'll get you a bag. You'll need some of these, some of these. And yeah. Do you remember the uh, herb that helped your French Revolutionary oh, absolutely eyes not. No. Work again. No. Did it help? Yeah. Do you remember feeling better after that? I mean, no. This was so <laughs> long ago. <laughs> but I do know that I love the experience of going to her. And yeah, um, yeah so I, yeah, I have one concrete example of, of her fixing something. I was having like, I was getting like ulcers and like dry mouth. And she was like, as long as you are in this relationship that you're in. Oh, wow. You will continue to always have these problems. Yikes. And then as soon as I was out of that relationship. Cleared up. Whoa. Very specific symptoms cleared up. That's wild. Wow. Now, yeah. where do you fall on that camp? Because isn't that sort of like a, here's how right. a way to live your life thing? prophecy. Or just like, like you know, earlier we were talking about like, yeah, oh, you got to be careful that people who are like, do this and this mm-hmm, will change. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like it's just I don't know. I, because it was physical stuff and not, really things i was not thoughts i had i don't know i i it seemed i feel like i've gone into this woman always like this is the person we go to but also kind of skeptical but i Mm -hmm. i don't know i I mean i'm on board yeah 100 percent for sure it's a strange universe we live in and there's so many unexplainable things well and the brain is so mysterious and i definitely believe there's a mental component to health sure yeah it just can't Uh, all just be like Physical. I think it's totally mostly mental in a lot yeah. of ways for me anyway. If my brain is not right, nothing in my body is feeling yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Well, then you must be screwed. I know. <laughs> that's the problem. Sorry, that was so too I easy. need to go <laughs> up to lob him up there. Palo Alto and talk to this lady. Um, yeah, I remember there was a minute in high school and it, uh, where like me and some friends were really getting into past life regression and one of my friends got a hold of like a thing where you could like lay down and talk yourself through to see some past lives Mm. and i remember i was probably like 15 16 and i remember being like i was like seeing myself uh it's some old like victorian (laughs) mansion (laughs) or house like on some cliffs and i was a woman and like my lover like threw me over a cliff. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. And I remember a very vivid part of it was I looked in the mirror and I was like, I am hot and I have big <laughs> boobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I can remember. As I was just like a really hot chick. Right, like that was right. like even my high school past life regression turned into some weird horny. Hey man, fantasy. those those hormones are raging, you know? <laughs> it's like couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get out. It's like Victorian is more like Victoria's Secret, you know. Right. It was like 
Uh, but yeah, that's my only <laughs> that's my only real uh, experience with bats. I gotta it. read. I've I was never a hot read lady. Got thrown <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> Works. Oh, many lives, many masters. <laughs> I've never read it. This is I got. Yeah. I got to. I haven't either. I've, I've heard people of, love it. Good things though. Yeah. Wild. Riley, I feel like you have a lot of like um of these kind of stories in your past that you haven't really like you you've gotten to some some more uh holistic and eastern sort of things than I think Bryce and I definitely have. I've had a lot of acupuncture. I really I really back acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I had never done it. Terrible oh, tendonitis because um, I was working in a screen print shop and then practicing guitar like seven hours a day. And I just blew out my wrist to the point Whoa. that I, I couldn't work. I couldn't play. I was just done. And I went to an acupuncturist. And within like maybe a month, two months of regular treatment, it was just gone. Wow. And it blew, it blew me away. Mm-hmm. They and, free up that chi, huh? Yeah. And I, I talked to my dad about it. My dad's a, he's a surgeon. He's a very Western doctor. And he fully backs acupuncture too. And he's just like, there's a reason that's been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It's like whether or not we can put a name on these these energetic centers in the body. It's like there's there's very complex systems going on beyond just the physical systems, and I totally believe that. Dude, I love that attitude. That's yeah, awesome. Sure. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Look, I I think your dad just summarized basically what this whole podcast is about. It's like he's real smart. There's, there's a reason yeah. a bunch of these stories are still around. There's reasons why these experiences are still around. We may not be able to put an exact name on it. Mm-hmm. Reality has such complex systems to it, uh, so far beyond the fabric of which we don't really understand completely. Uh, and so that's kind of a great attitude to have yeah. going forward. Um, I can remember that's good advice just mm-hmm. in general. I thought so too. Yeah. Just because you can't put a name on it doesn't mean you should discount it. It's, right. It can be both. Right. Mm, interesting. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to play Bullshit or Believe It. Sweet. With our guest, Anna O'Reilly. What if I was the dude that pushed you off the cliff? I think you were. <laughs> I've come back. Oh my god, this is like some cloud atlas shit. You guys just keep doing this over and over again. <laughs> We've got to find out. Oh he was like some like robber baron guy. I don't know who yeah, he was. He wore a like cape me. and a wide brim hat. I, I remember dig that. that. I dig that. I think it was in England. You have a type. Very- <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anna, you've listened to the show, so you know how this game works. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, f- uh, for our listeners, this is a uh, rapid fire game. I'm going to go down a list of things, and Anna's going to say whether or not she believes in them or doesn't believe in them by saying bullshit or believe it. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, if there's a sliding scale, we'll figure it out. This is a window into her psyche. Yeah. Here we go. This is our, I'm ready. our weird test <laughs> that we put people through. All right. On your mark, get set. Ghosts. Believe. UFOs. Believe. Let's believe it. Believe it. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Bigfoot. <laughs> believe it. Angels. Believe it. Gnomes. Bullshit. Fairies. Believe it. Unicorns. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Believe it. Alien Greys. Believe it. Parallel universes. Believe it. Reptilians disguising themselves as humans. Oh. Believe it. Oh. Nice. <laughs> bullshit heaven bullshit hell bullshit dragons bullshit yeti believe it 
elves. Uh, believe it. ESP. Believe it. Chupacabra. Bullshit. Demons. Mm, believe it. Atlantis. Believe it. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Oh, uh, believe it. Peace in the multiverse. Believe it. Oh, nice. all right. This all is right. a good one. <clears throat> God, You're really good at game. that. You're very specific about each one. I mm-hmm. kind of want to go through the whole thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm excited to hear you believe in Bigfoot. Congratulations. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. That gets a lot no, of you bullshit. You basically won the game. So <laughs> I just think there has You're to be right. something to it. Totally. Yeah. Right. There is too much evidence to deny the existence of something out there. Yeah. And whether you. or not it's in this dimension or in another, I just think that. Oh, I love you. I, I believe it. <clears throat> uh, this is yeah. uh, this is when I sound like the most hardcore crazy. Is when uh, lately I've been like people who do not believe in Bigfoot or 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 I'll, I'll walk it even Can further get the back. Fuck yeah, out. get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> no, people who do who don't believe completely, don't believe or aren't open to the idea of Bigfoot. Or UFOs, especially Bigfoot, they just haven't looked at it. They mm. just haven't spent any time mm-hmm. reading on some of this stuff. Now, there's plenty to make you go bullshit, but there's so much there, especially when, um, I don't know if you heard this episode, uh, I don't think you would because it's up on the Patreon, but Cliff Berrickman, I think, made such a good case in, in that interview with you, Bryce, for, sure. for the existence of a very biological mm. uh, primate, like flesh and blood oh, yeah. uh, species. I mean, down to the fact that he's like, there's probably only 75 in existence everywhere, which is just like fascinating. He almost convinced me that it wasn't interdimensional. <laughs> yeah. Which is well, a lot a really to good do. Job. He did a really good job. <laughs> job too of like bringing it back down to earth we've got to get him on the regular show yeah next i'm time not sure if you're town. familiar with who cliff barrickman is no. he was one of the cast members on finding bigfoot and he's very oh. scientifically based and he's one of the leading trackway experts in the world um he has a collection second only to um possibly jeff meldrum but one of the world's biggest uh plaster cast collections and and when he talks on the subject you just you're just the field is lucky to have guys like him because it puts so much uh, credibility. I mean, mm-hmm. as opposed to like when I'm talking about it, like this thing comes out of a portal and then goes <laughs> right back into the UFO and off it goes, man. And this happened. <laughs> so, so it's nice to have people like that to bring some much needed credibility to the Bigfoot phenomena. Good job. Thank you, Michael. Good job. Um, <laughs> so on a, when did you first become aware of Bigfoot? Well, I don't have a specific memory that I can pinpoint of when I became a believer of Bigfoot, but my grandmother and her husband on their the property that they live on in Washington State, they have these cute little signs that are like Bigfoot Crossing and Bigfoot Lane, Love which that. maybe diminishes the, the what do you mean diminishes the, the creature? But uh, oh, you're saying it's not respectable <laughs> to the mighty Bigfoot. Bigfoot doesn't like kitsch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bigfoot's got well, he's got a lot of problems. Right. If he doesn't like kitsch. Totally. Because that's, that's prime territory, though Washington State. So yeah, yeah so like it's it's in especially oh they're up in Washington. They're so, not, yeah, up in so Washington. That's like part of the culture, like prices. Yeah. Insane. So I I just feel like I grew up hearing about 
Bigfoot and uh, old mighty Bigfoot sounded oh my God. sounded <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm starting to go into my own personal like, what am I doing to my kids? <laughs> like, they're, they're, like I'm thinking, like, oh no. It's like my I have two kids. They're like, are you gonna do that Bigfoot thing again, Dad? And like, yeah, I'm off to do the podcast. <laughs> um, my son's way into Bigfoot, probably at a too early of an age. But they're like, I mean, I do think kids like growing up with my parents that were super into all this. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's just it's uh, fun, right? It makes the it world a more mysterious place. Yeah, I mean, our I mean, kids will know what Bigfoot is, but they have no idea what a civic engineer is. <laughs> like, <it's> all, like, <laughs> they get to discover right. those things right. on their own. Whoops. I mean, they might rebel against it and then just believe in hardcore science and then return to it right, or something right. like totally that. Right. But, That's what happened to me with religion. I went from God to atheist and then some all the way back around mm-hmm. to some sort of spiritual venture. Yeah. yeah, It's wild how that works, you know? So you definitely believe in parallel universes. You were definitely, big on that. Definitely believe in parallel okay. universes. What? What? You're very... I feel that probably everything that ever could have happened or could happen, like, is it's obviously limitless and every version of ourselves is out there existing. Mm. Wow. Without a doubt. Yeah, I you know, really do. I <clears throat> when people talk about infinity and they mm-hmm. say the universe is infinite in its depth and scope, it I think a, a lot of times people don't actually try and wrap their head around what that means yeah. to have something be infinite. And I was hearing somebody talk about uh um I think it might have been Joe Rogan or something as weird it is, it is, but he was saying he was talking to some guy and to explain how infinite infinite is is like if there were parallel universes and a fractal universe where other versions of you existed, um, you know, uh, um, I, I I lost. It, no, that, no, you're that, going. Uh, that it's so vast. Infinite infinity is so. <laughs> okay, oh, I don't He's know why I started this. I'm going into the abyss <laughs> again. But yeah, if, if for it's every action, action yeah. like of me taking off my coat or asking you for a coffee instead of not, like every if. If you it's think happened about all the millions of times yeah. over in different variations. If only you'd variations. ask me for coffee. Right. Oh, if only you yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I fell right into the black hole on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about reptilians disguising themselves as humans? You've obviously are aware of the work of David Icke. Uh, no. You, oh, all right. Well, then let's watch this. You, see, this, see this is what I mean. I've got to do more don't, you don't, research. You don't with this. You do not need to do <laughs> You need to read some David Icke away. today. Yeah. <laughs> What if you got to, what if after this on it totally got into David Icke? That would be so <laughs> hardcore. Hard. So oh, could God. happen. We, we broke on O'Reilly. It sucks. <laughs> David Icke is like this author researcher who's pretty sure that the he's whole. He's a former, B, I think, BCC like he's news a guy. Footballer. Pro, uh, yeah. Uh, and then he was on BCC News. Then he kind of had like a moment where he broke and said <clears> that he was God or he was Jesus, ran around naked a little bit. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. And then he came back with. Uh, his books describe the monarchy as being bloodlines, being reptilian overlords like the Bushes and the Queen Elizabeth, and uh, that tracing actually... all the way back, right, wow. right, to the ancient aliens that that have enslaved humans forever. Yeah. Well, right. so what about Vincent D'Onofrio's character in Men in Black? Like, doesn't that seem like I just feel like I remember watching that when I was little and being like, oh, that's a an an alien like. A, a version of aliens yes. I could believe in. Right, like, totally. Well, according to the Reagan briefing, 
that is probably not true, but is fascinating. There's a, there's a document out there from Camp David in the 80s where apparently Re- Reagan was briefed by his National Security Council and some people and some other uh, people in the room who are unnamed about the five or six different alien races that the U.S. government knew about. And one of them, I believe, are called the Tetratoids or Tetroids or something. Mm. Um, that were shape-shifting aliens that could totally look like humans mm-hmm. and uh, that they were like, and he's like, what do you mean? Wait, you do say. Well, what, wait, can you repeat that? He's like, no, he's like, he's like, well, he was like. Tetrahedron? Yes. Yeah, and he was like, well, how can I see one of these? He's like, no, you can't because they disguise themselves as humans. He's like, oh, he was like, I could have used some of that like makeup in Hollywood. Like he was like making some of these jo- jokes in this manuscript, but. I don't know. There is in UFO lore that there are there are and not they aren't even the reptilian ones that David so, Ike's yeah. talking about. I but, mean, they uh, persistently stay in the conversation, don't they? Somehow, yeah, that there are aliens walking among us, among us, and of course, aliens are just supposed to look human, <laughs> like the Nords or the Venusians, yeah. who might be walking among we us are, as well. We are way off the road on this podcast. Oh, I'm just going into lore here. I'm not going into. No, I'm no. not saying any of this yeah. is fact. Get, get back on track, Michael. <laughs> Too late for that, Ronnie. <laughs> Too late for that. All right. Um, anything else you wanted to follow up on that list? Oh, well, maybe elves. Oh, only, did you say bullshit or believe it? No, I think I said believe it, but I think that's more of like a, like a, you know, when you lose something and then you find it after you clean up and it was the elves. I don't really think I up, believe they're that, elves. Did, you up, just, did yeah. your mom tell you that when yes, you were a kid? Yes, yeah. that's why. Yeah, they're elves. So I have a fondness for elves, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. Well, it is I December. Elf on the Shelf is, is, yeah. is very popular right now. It's well, wild what that does to kids. God, I know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That would have terrified me. <laughs> Sidebar, when I was in kindergarten, yeah. our teacher, Dave, Dave Keith and I had the same kindergarten teacher, uh, Mrs. Lukert. She would tell us about Sean the Leprechaun who was coming to visit the classroom throughout March. And all month long, February, she'd be like, Sean is coming (laughs) to visit. And when he comes here, you better behave yourself because Sean is magical and Sean is watching you. And I mean, this should not be allowed. You know, I mean, she thought she was being cool, but it was, it terrified me. And I would lay awake at night rationalizing, like, maybe it's her husband coming and he's going to be like a puppet and he's going to hide behind shelves. Like, I was trying to think this. And then one day we walk into the classroom and I look up and on one of the cabinets is this super. Vintage, creepy-looking <laughs> leprechaun perched on top of the cabinet, staring out into space. This is starting to explain a lot. And I dropped my bag, and the first thing I I frozen in terror. Oh. Obviously a doll, but I was like, "Is it?" And and Mrs. Luker, my teacher, goes, "He's watching you, Michael." Oh, <laughs> and we were told. That we were not allowed to touch him because if we touched him, he would disappear forever. Oh. So on top of the fear <laughs> was this anxiety that I had the power to destroy a leprechaun right. if my curiosity got the best of me. I'm getting a good insight. Wow. And I remember like, I'd go up to sharpen my pencil and look up on the shelf <laughs> and I'd be like, eh. and Mrs. Luger would stop what she's doing. She'd go... Don't do it, Michael. 
And I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd run back to my chair. And every... Wait, at, how old were you? A kindergarten. I was like five or six. Oh, amazing. And every day we would come into March and he'd be in a different place in the room. Totally like the elf on the shelf thing. <laughs> yeah. And it terrified me. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, boy. Wow, so what is this generation of children that's had elf on the shelf? Oh, what totally. is that doing it's to that? It's really yeah. going to cause some problems. Because oh. yeah. Santa was... Uh, Santa's real kids. <laughs> There's a lot of Santa's kids real kids. podcast. Yeah, there yeah. might be. <laughs> Um, but you know, Santa was hard enough to deal with. Um, speaking of Santa and little creatures, it is that time of year, as Bryce said. And when we come back, I'm going to have this week's story of high strangeness. Segway. Right? Yeah. It's a good segue. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, get ready for this one. Okay. Shit's gonna get wild. Oh. I'm delivering on Woo. a long-standing promise. Hell You're yeah. on the BCC. Fucking drop it, dude. Tonight we're talking about the Portersville gnome. Boom. I discovered I was really into gnomes a while ago. Mm. And uh I said that there's a really good gnome story that I found. Um, and I have to say that a lot of this story comes from the work of one man on the internet, uh, Jason Ofolt, or Ofolt, uh, who everyone seems to cross-reference this story from an article that he wrote um, uh, for the uh, Mysterious Universe uh, website. Which I love. Yeah, which is a great website. Lots of good stories there. And this one is actually, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how you feel about it. All right, ready? Porterville, California is located in the San Joaquin Valley in Tulare County, about halfway between Bakersfield and Fresno. Now, do you know where this is? Yeah, of course. It's not too far from where he grew yeah. up. Now, I actually spent a lot of time there growing up. Do you up. really? Oh. Yeah, that's where she, it's on the way to Shaver Lake. Whoa. Oh. oh, yeah, we keep talking about going up to Shaver Lake. Yeah, my childhood stomp. Um. Huh? Wow. Well, what do you know? Um. So our story begins at a farmhouse. Oh, I said Tulare County. It's Tulane County. Uh, <clears throat> hold on. Stop. No, it's Tulare. It's Tulare, right? Yeah, Okay, for sure. good. All right, cool. You I'm, liar. I'm a liar. Tulare? <laughs> right, we'll clean that up. All no, right. we won't. Okay. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> so it begins at a farmhouse near the Tulare River where a single mother, a widow, had moved her three children. Tammy Thomas told uh, Mysterious Universe reporter Jason Offode that the family always had a feeling of being watched at this house. And one area in particular on the property gave her the creeps. The old shed. Ugh. Now something about that old shack gave everyone a feeling of dread. Not even any of the animals, their dogs, chickens, any of the cats would go near the place. And the family even began hearing footsteps at night, running around the house, causing weird sounds in the yard. And after a while, Tammy became so uneasy that she would not allow her children to play outside after dark. One night in 1999, Tammy came home from the grocery store with her seven-year-old grandson, Gavin. And as they were unloading the car, Gavin wandered away. Tammy found him staring at the shed where standing in the shadows they saw a lurking creature that Tammy described looking like an evil garden gnome 
with a salt and pepper beard, black pants, gold shirt, and a pointed maroon hat. It had a grin from ear to ear, a large bulbous nose, and deep set eyes that Gavin the child swore glowed red. The the uh, the being cackled at her and the boy as she rushed her grandson inside. <laughs> Good. They could hear the laughter surrounding the house as the gnome stalked the yard and peered into their windows. Now, this torment continued a few nights later while Tammy and Gavin were watching TV. Tammy heard the sounds of pottery shattering outside. She went out into the yard to investigate and found that her garden had been upturned and her potted plants had been destroyed. A strange cackling could be heard in the distance. And that night forward, the stalking, the laughing, strange sounds around the yard continued. Until finally, Tammy saved up enough money and moved her family away from the farmhouse and its mysterious impish resident. Now, let's talk about gnomes for a minute. Sure. Well, what about the people that moved in after? <laughs> Story's Dead. not done yet. Oh. All of them. <gasps> <laughs> they all died of gnome disease. <laughs> So gnomes first appeared in the ancient texts of uh, alchemist Paracelsus, who was in the uh, 1500s. He was an alchemist and a healer who defined gnomes as earth elementals Mm. that can move through solid rock the way that we can move through the air. Which is a little fascinating because it kind of sounds like uh, interdimensional beings or aliens that move through walls or move people through walls and abductions. You know I vibe with that. I know you do, baby. Now, the Hudson Valley gnomes are pretty famous uh, gnomes that, uh, according to legend, Henry Hudson, uh, while exploring upstate New York, encountered these gnomes in the Catskill Mountains, um, uh, elemental entities that the Iroquois tribe told tales of. We covered this actually on a Patreon campfire Mm. story that, Bryce, you were out of town for. But this was the legend that directly inspired uh, Washington Irving's tale of Rip Van Winkle. Mm. And it, too, also has um, as much in common with modern UFO abduction uh, as it does uh, fairy tales that these... Creatures invite you into their party. They make you drink their food. You get really drunk and drowsy, and then missing time happens. You don't know what's happened after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Strange parallels. And the Catskill gnomes were said to have a forge in the uh, in the in deep set in the mountains, and the native tribes would see bright lights out in the mountains where they claimed the little people were having their parties and forging uh, uh, ore in the mountains. Um, you may recall the Dover Demon um, from Massachusetts in the ni- in 1976, a tale of uh, teenage kids over the course of a few nights coming across a diminutive figure in the night. And the Cree tribe of Canada had a name for those types of trickster spirits called the Manigishi. And they were said to be four feet tall with spindly arms and legs and large heads. And we've covered all this on, on the show, but I just kind of want to... Check wanna- our backlog. Yeah, check the backlog and remind people there is some context for some of these types of encounters. 
And more recently in Latin America, during the mid and late 2000s, there was a wave of um, YouTube videos popping up allegedly depicting duendes, which are um, Latin American gnomes appearing at night around groups of people who are often out like celebrating or playing soccer. A lot of these can probably be debunked, but there are a few creepy videos out there that kind of match what the experience here in Porterville sounds like. I'd like to see some of those for Mm -hmm. sure. I'll put a link on on it uh, on the uh, show notes. So back to Tammy. Now, time passed, but Tammy never forgot the strange events in that Porterville house. She eventually turned to the sweet comfort of the Internet, posted her experience on the Mysterious Universe website, which is how she was eventually got in touch with the, the author, Jason Offolt. And, um, and uh, he took note of her story. And meanwhile, he found another woman named Charlie, last name unknown, who started blogging about her own weird gnome encounter at a farmhouse near the the river, the Tulare River. In 2010, Charlie, this other woman, and her husband and twin girls moved into a farmhouse and built a garden and a koi pond that Charlie decorated with a gnome and fairy lawn ornaments place was perfectly peaceful when they moved in except for one thing there was an old shed near the house that really gave charlie the damn that shed. <laughs> none of the animals would go near it and things took a dark turn one evening when charlie and her husband were at home and they heard what sounded like a cat being attacked by an animal a much larger animal outside the noise of course was coming from the shed Charlie's husband ran to investigate, brought a flashlight, and found a dead cat with half its face skinned off and its neck bitten into. He stepped outside to uh, catch his breath and collect himself, and when he turned back around, the cat was gone. The dead cat had vanished. So they thought that was strange. Creeped them out. And then not long after that, one night, about 3 o'clock in the morning... Charlie claims she and her husband awoke to the sounds of a weird gurgling, singing, coming from their front yard. They looked out their bedroom window to see a small man, two to three feet tall, with a salt and pepper beard, holding a lawn ornament in one hand and eating a koi fish out of their pond from their other hand. Awesome. Charlie said the little man was dressed in maroon pants Ba- a baggy yellow shirt, a brown vest, a dark waistcoat, and a reddish brown pointed hat. And he had jagged teeth and small beady eyes. Charlie's husband opened the window and told the gnome to leave or he'd call the police. And the creature just looked up at him, smiled, and flipped him the bird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. Gnome knows how to party. <laughs> the cops showed up at 4 a.m. and all they could find were tiny footprints. <laughs> about the size of a child in the earth around the house. So the koi fish keep getting eaten. Uh, And eventually, Charlie and her husband take all the lawn ornaments down. They take the gnome down. They bring the fish inside the house and put it in a tank. And uh, that was a really big mistake because the night they did that, they started hearing a screaming and an angry scream and all this noise in the front yard. And they looked outside to see 
this little guy ranting and raving and trashing their yard and screaming at them because he wanted the fish and the lawn ornaments back. Um, Charlie claimed that... uh, I may have said Tammy a second ago. I meant Charlie. Charlie claimed that she realized that the uh, the dog door was open, so she ran down <gasps> in the kitchen to close the dog door. And this thing was apparently at the windows, <gasps> and they could see it peering into the windows at them. So after that night, they were out of there immediately. They got out of the house, sold the house. And they I think they moved out before they even sold the I house. I love when I hear those types of stories. They moved. That's like yes, smart they moved. Yeah. family. Oh, they got out of there immediately <clears throat> after that night. What would happen if someone rebuilt the shed? Great question. Well, so listen. Noting how similar Tammy and Charlie's stories were, Jason Offal put the two women in touch. And after comparing notes, they discovered that, yep, they had been living in the same house. What? They even met up and drove out to the property together where they discovered that the shed had been torn down. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. They claimed an eeriness still lingered over the property. And when they went to the front door to talk to the new owner, she turned them away and said she didn't want to talk. She wouldn't talk to them at all. She wasn't interested in sharing any stories that she, too, may have encountered in that house. And that is the story of the Porterville Gnome. Boom. Ooh. <clears throat> that was wow. awesome, dude. But so do we think the gnomes are affiliated with that structural house or that piece of land? Um, Good question. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Because you're going to tell us what the hell was that. And I was wrong. It's the Tool River, not the Tool... Not whatever. It's the Tool River. (laughs) Ruins the whole story. T-U-L-E. Mike. I messed up. We had such a nice tension going. Jesus. I messed up. It's the Tool A River. The Tool tool River. Sometimes I type too fast. There there goes the credibility. Well, (laughs) right out the window. Hey, I'm I'm up front when I fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. I don't like it. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's the story of the Porterville Gnome. I mean, look. This is one of those stories that, like, is really hard to believe at all. But I do find it fascinating that um, two two families that lived in the same house, you know, 10 years apart, at least. Yeah. Had a similar experience and sort of found each other through sharing these stories mm-hmm. on the internet. Um, now maybe the whole thing is creepypasta. I don't think so. Um, I did watch an episode of, um, what is it? Monsters and Myths in America, that Destination America show. Sure. Mm -hmm. Where they covered at least Tammy's story on it. So she's on camera. Um, there is a real woman out there and, and her grandson, Gavin, both telling this story on camera. So they claimed it happened. Man. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. So what was your question before we went... Well, my question was whether in folklore of gnomes, are they, do we think they're affiliated with the structures on the land if they're moving through walls and such? Or is it the land and the river? Well, Mm. I think the river might have a big thing to do with it because... Because of the um, Iroquois? Well, uh, I don't know if they, this is in, where was this? This is in California, so I don't know what native tribes would be Mono out there Indian but yeah area 
So, but the Iroquois in the Hudson, like that was by a yeah, river, right? Yes. And so here's the thing. the um, There's a common theme that runs through these stories. We've talked about this a bunch on the show. Lindas Godfrey's a big proprietor of this, that oftentimes where there is high uh, activity of paranormal, of the paranormal kind, there's usually some type of body of water nearby mm. running through. And, they, and some people think that a natural uh, body of water acts as some type of uh, energy stream and perhaps even allows a sort of port as a portal, right, between sure. uh, one world and the next. Um, you know, gnomes are one of those things. It's like, well, who knows? Who knows what this is? This is just super weird. It's weird that it looked like a garden gnome if we're taking their word for it. Um, you know, like maybe there's a weird, creepy old dude living in their well, shed. And it begs the question, you know, what came first? The appearance of these creatures wearing the pointy hats or garden gnomes you know right what mm-hmm. what came first you well know? they said that the the depiction of the gnomes with the kind of the pointy hats and all that stuff became much more popular in the late 19th century mm-hmm. um that's when they started to really kind of take on the um that sort of santa claus appearance that 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 we have today also around the time that santa claus started looking the way he did was in the like 1920s uh early you know like with the coca-cola companies basically designed the mm-hmm the fat round Santa that we think of now um, on the heels of, uh, you know, the night before Christmas, that poem. But um, yeah, so it's, it's weird because for a long time, gnomes were kind of seems like goblins or these ethereal spirits. Um, But they've really only, I think been for the past like 130, 40 years kind of depicted that the, that the way that they are, are now. Um, I think that's a more modern modern invention of there. But I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Because mm. they also talk about, I remember Graham Hancock speaking about um, yeah. magic mushroom and the red cap of the mushroom and the white body of the mushroom, how, um, or maybe this was, in, no, this was not Graham Hancock. This was in a book called, I think, Shroom. And I, now I can't remember the author, but that the appearance of these red-capped elves and like Santa also mirror that of the red-capped um, mushrooms yep. that can mm-hmm. lead to hallucinogenic uh, experiences with uh, with other realities. Oh. Yep. So there's some kind of link there as well. Um, Terrence McKenna does a great job of explaining the, the lore of uh, Santa Claus and the elves and the magic mushroom and the reindeers that eat these mushrooms and, and, and all that stuff. There's a whole connection there. Yeah. Wild. I don't know. And and they show up in there's trolls and gnomes are really big in Scandinavia mm-hmm. and they tend to be near bodies of water and the mountains and that kind of stuff. So these they seem to have this element there's this elemental thing about them. The other thing in the late in the late nineteenth century they were saying, I was doing research that like that's really kind of when they started to become more of the like uh, the there you have fairies and you have gnomes that they kind of took their place in the sort of fairy tale version of um of like they're sort of the the little ground versions of what fairies are who fly mm. fly through the air but wow i don't know it's a weird what do you think this is you think well, these women actually like, saw a creepy old little guy in their yard? i mean i feel like we're all sensitive to different uh energies or beings like gnomes or fairies or whatever and some uh, a highly sensitive person could experience one but not the other so or not, or not at all, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. But I'm curious about that two women in a row. Then is it about like these gnome creatures finding 
like, is it coincidence that those women in a row were at the same property? Would it be that anyone who lived at that property would have it? Or it just happened to be two women who also have that sort of part of themselves open to the gnome energy to I think it's like what you were saying before. It has something to do with that shed, that property, that specific Mm -hmm. location. I mean, and that shed was clearly torn down. So whoever moved in after that, if we're, you know, taking the word, taking the story of face value, clearly it was like, shut this shit down. Let's take, let's go to the shed. Right. (laughs) Why would they destroy the shed before moving is such a big deal. I don't know. Maybe, you know, some people are like, this is my house. Right. Yeah. Think of all the people who don't evacuate when there's natural disasters. It's their yeah. house. Right. It's their property. You know, and there's a little man on it. Uh, let's get. Let's close off his access Shit. to this place. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. It's a fun story. I would. It's say, a true story. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking <laughs> fact. Uh, I can't remember the name of the river. I didn't write it down correctly. But uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How creepy was that dog door part, though? I could just totally see oh, that thing oh, yeah. coming in the yeah. dog door. I'm like, no, get out of there. It's a little like... She's racing yeah. to the oh, dog yeah, yeah, door yeah, yeah. just totally. as the gnome yeah. hand yeah. is reaching yeah. through. Yeah. You know, the, the, the reenactments on this uh, TV show were a little unfortunate. It was a little <laughs> leprechaun. Remember the movie Cat's Eye? Uh, the little gnome that stole the breath? Yeah. No. And it came through the hole sits in the door. Sits on your chest. Oh, sits on your chest and sucks uh, sucks your breath yeah. out. Oh, never oh, saw it. Was it was great. Whoa. Yeah, Steve in King's Cat's Eye, it's a, it's like a, a it's one of his coke laden manifestos. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it has like four, little like three, four different stories within the movie, right? It kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great. Oh, they're creepy. Yeah. Uh, gnomes always scared me. I had nightmares about gnomes. Really? I had nightmares that about so little funny. little creatures and pointed hats showing up and yeah, not leaving me alone. But I was it, also really scared of gnomes. Uh, Lep- the movie Leprechaun I saw when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, and it just stuck. I yeah. know, and then that movie Troll in the base uh, when the that t- uh, was lived in the basement near the washer and the dryer. Oh my god! You know, a movie of any that is kind of unexpected. But when I was a kid, but you guys see Ernest Scared Stupid when you were a kid? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> scared a little past my time. It destroyed my childhood. <laughs> There's this one scene where the little kid's in bed and. And then uh, I don't know if it's a little boy or a little girl, but she he rolls over and this little gnome creature just laying right next to him is like, <gasps> Whoa. and that like to this day, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to roll over. I was so. always worried about looking down at the end of the sheets by my feet and seeing a little face appear wow. down. I was always scared there was a little creature down down past my feet well maybe you need to reprogram with watching amelie and the really adorable gnome do you remember that this there's a cute gnome and amelie remember the storyline of the gnome that she like has her stewardess friend take the gnome and then place him in exotic places travelocity stole that made a campaign out of it Uh, right you know it it's so interesting because graham hancock in his book supernatural lays out a tremendous case for um you know how the parallels run across with kind of uh, these like you were saying these gnomes and these fairies and alien abductions and how how the paradigm kind of changes as culture moves on and society goes forward you know what i mean there's some sort of intelligent that intelligence that seems to you know kind of change shape and change character and put on a different mask you know um is there a relation there with all that stuff and um, I don't know. It's creepy because, you know, in, in a lot of those, I think, gnome tales, it's like you were saying, especially ones, the fairies, they would get around in these fairy circles. And if you stumbled upon that fairy circle, uh, you know, which they would not be happy and they would bring you in. 
and uh, and you would you could experience what would be like missing time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, which was even more scary, is those uh, they didn't send you back. Like most abduction cases now, you get placed thankfully back into your bed. And missing time doesn't run for more than a you know couple hours, hopefully at the most. But back then. You know, a couple hundred years back, missing time could run for days, even years. Ugh. Yikes. Creepy. What, uh, so yeah. All right. Bottom line on O'Reilly, you hear a story like this. What do you think? Mm, I think I'd love to talk to Tammy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got a few more questions. <laughs> love to have coffee with Tammy and Charlie. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I'd say, I'd say I lean towards yes because two people moved away from that house. Right. Yeah, that's some And I think shit. moving is serious business. Amen. Oh, what's weird about it to me is just the juxtaposition of like such a medieval looking fairy tale creature in the modern world is strange. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a tricky story. There wasn't a lot to cross reference, you know, uh, in some versions it was Gavin. It was, she was with her, you know, it's like, I'm not sure about the timeline on some of this stuff. She moved there with her children, but then she's also, her grandson is there. So I don't know. Some of that was a little inconsistent. Semantics. This is why I'm getting mixed up with <laughs> in some of my research. But, um, but, but basically like, yeah, these two women and families, you know, saw this, saw this little guy. So I don't know. It's weird. And there are other stories like this in America of like people witnessing often around barns and stuff, little strange men. And Mm. um, there's a really brief story from uh, Liberty, Missouri, actually, about a little boy who remembers a small man with a pipe who used to look in his window with a pointed hat, him and his brother's window at a farmhouse out in Liberty. And he's an artist. And when he grew up, he started painting pictures of it and when he showed it to his younger brother his brother who was like a toddler at the time and he never spoke about it with his brother freaked out and was like that's the Mm. face that used to look in our window oh which is really really weird why does shit always got to look in the window i know (laughs) what the fuck is with you go knock on the door (laughs) i know Uh, i don't know i guess that's better than showing up at the foot of your facetime or through the dog door (laughs) that's really right (laughs) yeah yeah you're right yeah make a good point yeah Better than the dog door. All right. Well, Anna, do you, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. Yeah, it's been by really fast. Awesome. Loved it. Um, well, do you have anything you want to plug for our listeners? I know you do a lot of like uh, oh. charity work too. Is there anything? Oh, you wanna... that's so nice of you. I mean, I love UNICEF Next Generation for uh, spreading the word of UNICEF to awesome. our generation of folks. Awesome. Um, that that's my big one. Cool, yeah, that's that. great. And then Thanks. anything coming up or coming out down the pipeline? I'm working can... right now on Ooh. something, but I don't know when it comes okay. out. So I don't. All right, feel like I need to plug just it. go to IMDb and go, you can get all of your <laughs> movies on Netflix. I feel like you can probably watch yeah. a million things. iTunes. So, wow. Yeah. iTunes. Spotify. iTunes. Uh, Riley, anything to plug? I mean, I feel like a jerk plugging things after she plugged UNICEF. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you're all right. Yeah, I, think I'm, shut. I, think, I think I'm good this time. No <laughs> plugs. No plugs for me. Well, I'll just say, if you'd like to a more uh, definitive explanation of, explanation of infinity, feel free to uh, DM, DM me on Instagram. I'd be happy to answer any and all questions you might have. <laughs> we should just set up a Twitter oh, account for you called Bryce. Bryce, Bryce, is, cra- yeah, Bryce, Bryce is Crying Science. Infinity. That is a new segment. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you a shot. 
Scott every episode from now God. on and see if we can get a better, uh, do a better job of Bryce's edit. Quantum World. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the saddest Epcot ride oh. you've ever been on. Um, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Please, uh, if you like the show and you want to support us, please go to the Patreon campaign uh, and support us there. Unlock, reward, multiple bonus episodes like the one that we're just putting up this week about the uh, premiere that we went to um, or the Catskill Gnome story from the Campfire Stories. Uh, yeah, it's all, there's a lot more BCC waiting for you there. Thank you for listening to the show. And uh, email us, bigfootcollectorsclub at gmail.com and call this number that Riley's going to tell you. Leave us a voicemail. Keep it brief. We love you guys and we love yes. your stories, but kind of got to keep it to two minutes. Otherwise, we can't really uh, air it or you might get cut off from the voicemail. Sorry. So, Anyways, that number is 310 597 Four eight zero three, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay, guys, great. That's Play it. it. You guys, want to say goodbye, Bryce? Why don't you take us out on a slow fade? Riley will start slowly <laughs> turning down the volume as you describe infinity. Oh. So infinity is like something you can't even imagine because it's infinite. So imagine that you have like you have like a lot of you, like an infinite number of you. Every time you do something, time you do fractal something, universe, fractal universe creates, another, creates another infinite version. Infinite version. Oh, you should have been out time. You should have Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.